0: Okay, we are live on LinkedIn. Today I am joined by my good friends from London. Actually, she's originally from Italy. Sylvia Del Corso, who is the founder of Pink SEO, which is an SEO marketing agency in London. Sylvia, welcome. Why don't you give us an intro and in who you are and what your background is.
1: Hi Adam, thank you so much for having me here. Yes, I'm an SEO specialist. I've been doing this job for 10 years now, six years back in Italy. You can hear from my accent that I'm not originally, I wasn't originally born here. And yeah, back in Italy, we used to run uh, a marketing agency, a full round uh, marketing agency. So, launching and optimizing websites and apps and doing all things marketing. Then, moving here four years ago, I decided let's just specialize in SEO, becoming an SEO agency, which is uh, something that I really believed in specialization. And that was what I loved doing. So, I went following my heart and following. The, the strongest type of expertise that I could have and it worked. it's worked well because when you become uh, a point of reference for doing one thing in particular it's easier to really specialise and can, can become cutting edge uh, in that type of technology and also then with collaborations and other type of partnerships
0: definitely and I, I love the fact that like me you decided to niche down and go with your strength And I know that you're known as the SEO lady in London, Hmm. but in particular, I know SEO is very broad, but we want to uh, focus specifically, if possible, on e-commerce. And I know, like I said, a lot of the concepts that we're going to talk about today will apply to any type of website. But what has changed in the last few years, because SEO seems to be one of those channels where there's so much information on what is the best practice, what's wrong, black hat, white hat. What's changed in the last few years for SEO and e-commerce? Well,
1: having been in the industry for 10 years, I've been, the my, I've been seeing the major changes, like the big beasts, uh, the big changes in the algorithm updates, the ones with the animal name, the panda, the penguin, the (laughs) hummingbird, the, the ones that really, really made people tremble and after those ones uh, we haven't had any major changes Uh, what's kept on going is refining uh, pointing on quality so user experience and quality being the north pole uh, driving the best practices with seo so what Uh, wasn't uh, allowed to do and has started to become penalized uh, since the big algorithm updates uh, like uh, thin content uh, or pages cloaking keywords uh, stuffing (laughs) content uh, horrible practices or uh, mm, old type of link building Uh, all these things were penalized and even more would be penalized now so we are going into high-quality pages, content that really provides value, that gives a very good user experience. Uh, and Google now is able to track the Google experience. We know that they've been patenting and using always more the artificial intelligence and the machine learning yeah, within yeah. the algorithm so they can track uh, how we enjoy websites. Uh, if we visit pages, if we spend time on pages, if we bounce away, these are all criteria that definitely Google does track uh, and learns from our interactions. The algorithm learns uh, this is a positive signal. Let's rank the site better. This is a bad yep. signal. It doesn't deserve to be ranking so well. That let's demote it. So quality wins even more.
0: Yeah, no, it's very in-depth subject. But just to touch on, you mentioned UX. How would you define like positive user experience? What are the key factors that might say to Google, for example, this is a good website and the user is enjoying it?
1: Well, there are ways that Google tracks, uh, and they're mainly the uh, experience on the page. So for example, Mm -hmm. how much time people spend on a page, uh, the number of pages they're being checked, uh, as positive signals uh, versus, for example, the bounce rate, which is a very negative signal because uh, having a high bounce rate uh, basically tells the algorithm uh, this is probably being ranked by mistake so well. Uh, I shouldn't rank it so well because people are bouncing off. Uh, Let's demote it. Uh, Instead, if people spend quite a bit of time on pages, uh, like, for example, if you include a video, if you feature a video on on a page on a product page uh, and it's embedded on the page and people have to stay on the page to watch the video, Google definitely tracks the time and say, well, this page is giving quite an actually good experience. Uh, it's It's worth, it's giving value, it's providing value. I
0: love that. I love that because despite all the intricacies and techniques, it ultimately just comes down to providing a positive experience for the person who's on the site, which is what it really should be about.
1: Yeah. And making sure that the site is able to do the pitch uh, on your behalf. Uh, Because basically, with SEO, what happens is that uh, we need uh, to have content uh, to be optimized. Uh, So we need to have words uh, on the page. Uh, And there are various uh, functions and various reasons why, for example, product descriptions, uh, if now we are remaining within the e-commerce world, why, for example, product descriptions are so important uh, to be well-written, uh, so to find some kind of good copywriting flair, so that they can really sell, uh, but also so that they can really display everything and they can make the pitch for you. Because it's like having a shop assistant uh, yeah. on your site uh, who is explaining to a post- prospective buyer, all of the features, and this is also helpful for this reason, and this is uh, also features this, this, and that, uh, they are all words they're written, and Google can pick it, and the potential user as well. So, again, uh, providing value, and Google also benefits.
0: Very sophisticated how it can detect things like that. Let's drill down a little bit deeper into the various e-commerce platforms. So, I want to touch specifically in this part on Shopify, because I know that the market tends to have consolidated, in my opinion, a lot of companies now, if you want to set up an e-commerce business, you just launch with Shopify. And that's why it's gained traction so fast is because of the ease of use to get open live. However, is there various pros and cons? Because I've seen it circulating around the internet and I don't know if it's true. Does Shopify have weaknesses when it comes to the infrastructure for SEO, or is that just a myth? And is there any particular platform that you feel really has a strong advantage in this area?
1: It Let me tell you that it's not a myth. Uh, there are some kind of limitations uh, within Shopify, and as an SEO n- n- from a technical perspective I can tell you that there are a few things uh, that uh, open some kind of open questions mm-hmm. that you can't uh, you can't fix uh, But uh, still, uh, Shopify is growingly popular. And we had clients last year. They asked us to have a blog on Shopify. So much it was popular. So uh, it it is now something. And it is so easy to use, so fast, uh, uh, so customizable. And it can become so beautiful that uh, really people appreciate it much. And I'm not telling that you can't get good results out of it because we have clients and we have case studies of clients that have been achieving in very competitive niches uh, like CBD for example Um, very very good ranking on Shopify as well you need to work well uh, and you need to try and out balance. Uh, for example, you need to know that even if, if you like it or not, uh, you need to get on the block train. So you yeah. need to also start providing content. You need to intercept the user in the search intent from various different ways. Uh, But from an SEO perspective, yes, it's got limitations, but it's also got a lot of functionalities that work pretty well. So the page speed, the HTTPS, all the metadata can be optimized. The the redirections, when you need them, they're straight away. It's fast in loading. So if I need to say, are there more pros and cons? I can tell you there's a lot of pros. pros. Uh, There's a little bit of cons, but there is a lot of pros. The best platform, uh, well, WooCommerce, the extension, the WordPress extension uh, for uh, WordPress uh, doesn't have so many limitations, but it's got a major limitation that it's not so easy to build. Yeah. So if you're someone who really wants to have a Shopify website, which is done uh, easily and kind of quickly and you want it done without uh, it, it. getting mad too much uh, it's easier to do it. Uh, It's more of an out-of-the-box solution uh, whereas WordPress is very granular and it needs some more.
0: That's interesting because actually one of the limitations maybe of Shopify like you said doesn't have as advanced functionality but at the same time you've got those positive signals like you pointed out like the page speeds and the ease of use which will be positive signals. So it's all pros and cons, isn't it? Because if, for example, you get heavy on WooCommerce and WordPress, then you've got a lot of technical bloat and maintenance that you need to look at. And obviously that can uh, negatively affect things like site speeds and usability
1: you then need to do a lot of technical SEO yeah. on those as well so you're mm-hmm. not limited but you need to work uh, to work a lot you can get it 100% whilst the other can get maybe to a 90 or 85 but uh, you you got to work a lot uh, to really get it. Uh, perfect yeah let's
0: let's talk actually a little bit about a few things that i've seen crop up in terms of good seo hacks or techniques for e-commerce the first one that i've seen pop up quite recently is people prioritizing google reviews because they think it helps with seo is this a myth or is it true well
1: reviews are something that i always recommend uh, and it should be really a no-brainer with an e-commerce. So you definitely must, first of all, feature product product reviews on your own site. So before thinking, yes. and it I know it might seem obvious, but believe me, I've been doing this for 10 years. It's not obvious. And I've been working with websites, uh, having mm, e-commerce, uh, online retails, and having reviews on the page is something that is really important. And not just because you're proving the peer-to-peer validation, but also because uh, it is uh, customer-driven content, uh, user-generated content. So people write about your product. They use keywords uh, that you may not have used. They use their own language. uh, And it's all much more content on the page. But also having them on Google uh, from a second perspective uh, perhaps because you may have seen uh, on Google, my business there is the possibility and it's a free listing. So again, it should be something that every business owner should have. uh, There is all the product section. uh, So you can feature your products uh, straight away with the price, the description, the image and the link to buy on the site. Uh, So it becomes like a second showroom in which you have all of your products, uh, and people can find them on Google straight away. So again, the reviews, having reviews on the Google listing good reviews a lot of reviews helps the listing rank higher yep. and it doesn't only have a local uh, type of visibility it helps uh, in general when someone is searching for the brand name uh, seeing the listing with a lot of positive reviews uh, is quite uh, an element of trust that you build
0: you just actually um, brought something else up that i wanted to ask you and that is user-generated content, Uh, I know we didn't plan this before, but let's say, for example, you mentioned then the customers leaving reviews. I have like a bit of a strategy with, um, and I'm not sure if this helps SEO at all, but sometimes we ask customers to submit stories, whether it's their experiences with the products, blogs. Um, Have you seen any useful ways to leverage that type of user-generated content and then use it to help boost the SEO as well?
1: Absolutely. If you can get Uh, somebody to express in their own words uh, their experience uh, it is always more trustworthy either if it's a video if it's an interview, it can be a podcast it can just be a testimonial that they're giving a review they will use different words, different expressions than yours Uh, so if you want we got a little bit uh, we can go a little bit back uh, starting from some type of keyword research and understanding which words people express uh, and search for when they're searching for stuff. And that should always be a prerequisite. Before you publish anything, you should know with e-commerce as well uh, what people search for. And it's sometimes it's surprising when we do this type of research because it Mm -hmm. unveils a little bit uh, of intel within your user, your customer, that you may not be surprising so in some cases for example we've noticed that people search a lot some type of some features of your products they are for example waterproof or they are for example resistant in some cases situations and you may not think uh, that people search for that uh, or specific size or specific elements uh, and If that's important for your user, again, you need to feature it on the page. You need to make sure that it's there, it's expressed, uh, and it's there in the prominent positions in all the places in where um, it can be. But if you let people write uh, their own user-generated content, uh, they will naturally express, uh, particularly if you don't prompt. them them too much. Uh, If you just tell them, tell me what you found most useful. uh, It may be something that may be surprising for you. You may say, wow, amazing. They find this feature as the most amazing uh, while I would have expected something else. For example, it all depends on what you're selling. Mm -hmm. But it's important because different people, different uses, different angles to see things. Um,
0: Interesting. What about, for example, typing straight into Google? Um, let's say you bought a pair of Nike uh, trainers or Nike trainers waterproof, and then seeing what comes up automatically. Is that a good strategy to create content around um, what Google would suggest? Is is like a uh, frequently asked question? Does that make sense?
1: I. I... It can be a free way of getting keywords uh, ideas. There are ways to get some keywords ideas. Uh, Google autosuggest, which is what you just mentioned. Yeah. So you start typing something, and Google will uh, suggest you how to, uh, to compile to finish what you were starting based on what people search the most. Uh, but also if we want to stay within Google, uh, then at the end of the page, uh, you see people also search uh, and these are generally the questions. Uh, This is a type of more informative content that can help you. You can use it, for example, if you want to write an article uh, which is featuring some elements of the, because you can't really put too much uh, within the pages. Uh, And there are so many cross elements that you can feature several uh, products together and make uh, a bundle up article in which you explain, for example, the best uh, uh, tools for camping in winter, if you've got any e-commerce or camping equipment. So you make an article in which you give your tips for your best tips for camping in winter. Doesn't have to be a sales pitch, obviously. You give real tips and real informative stuff based on people who know by experience what to do and what to use, and then you link internally to the products. So, so it, there is always some kind of call to action. Uh, now this yeah. is what would help you most. Uh, and they generally the inspiration for this, if you just want some free type of tool uh, at the end of, of mm-hmm. Google, you find this people also search that can be that can be insightful.
0: Super. It just makes me realize how little I actually know about SEO speaking to you about this. I have a very rudimentary knowledge at best, Mm -hmm. so it's great. Uh, Let's talk a bit about um, YouTube because this is something that I've fleetingly read over the years is that whilst it may be more difficult to rank on Google for certain um, things, YouTube is still an opportunity. Excuse me, do you have any experience with this or any any background knowledge to share?
1: well youtube belongs to google uh, and it is the second most used uh, search engine in the world uh, and there are people searching on google and people searching on youtube just they are two different categories of people you may make them a demographic and maybe say that people searching on youtube they're slightly younger but it, it's a different type of persona and it all depends on what you're selling but basically again, YouTube is a free channel in which you can display a lot of things uh, and it is much more interactive. So, mm-hmm. for example, again, with e-commerce uh, clients of ours, uh, there is a client in particular that I'm thinking about and they're selling accessories or, for wine lovers. Uh, so there are all those particular corks cues and things like uh, to, to avoid the sulfites in wine and so on. If you tell it, if you play if if you put the images uh, it is engaging but if you have a video which shows uh, how you pour it uh, and how it works and how you use it yeah. uh, doesn't it convince you more if you are the prospective user so you always have to put yourself in the shoes of the prospective user and yeah. if the video is on youtube you may be found on youtube as well always please from YouTube put a link to your site uh, because on your site is where the conversion happens. So it would be worthless to only have a strong uh, YouTube presence and never monetize. So whenever you create something, always then drive, if possible, to where you can get money from them. But either you find them on YouTube or you embed the video on your e-commerce product, it's so much more complete. Uh, If it's a video in testimonial, an interview, if it's a video showing how to use it, uh, it says more.
0: I'm a huge fan of using video on uh, e-commerce sites, especially to show that the, the benefits the customer can get from products. I think it, like you said, just makes it more engaging and guides them in the right direction more
1: real because we don't exactly, yeah. we don't touch products. I know that we are used to buy online yeah. because now buying online uh, is not a novelty anymore. It's normal. Uh, but still, every time we buy something online, we have this tiny worry, is it really going to arrive? Is it really going to be what I'm buying? <laughs> and the yeah. more proof and testimonial you see of a real video of the real product of how it really looks uh, in somebody's use and somebody's experience. Uh, gives more than just the photo and the copy
0: yeah let's let's talk a little bit about uh, i know this is very fairly generic question but i can tell you a lot of the people that we work with have been so dependent for so long on using paid ads to send traffic to the websites the seo has been very neglected in recent years um However, things are obviously changing. I don't know how familiar you are, but there's a new iOS update and Facebook ads are becoming more challenging as well. So people are starting to look at other ways to invest long term in traffic. So let's say I've got an established brand that's been heavily dependent on using ads to send traffic. What are three quick wins that I can implement to get my site up to speed and start driving organic traffic from SEO?
1: Well, one thing that I generally give as a basic recommendation is fundamentals first, uh, because there is, with SEO, often this kind of shiny new syndrome, uh, shiny new object syndrome. So artificial yeah. intelligence versus new things. And sometimes the very fundamentals can be forgotten. So. Thinking about the technical SEO and making sure that the site uh, has been audited, has been checked, and there are no technical uh, issues or errors. And it, when they're identified, they're fixed uh, from the coding perspective. And then really making sure that you have a clear map uh, of the site uh, and all the main products, uh, product pages, pages, categories. They have an intentional targeting of keywords that you have not chosen randomly, but you've chosen because you have been checking uh, that people really use them uh, and your prospective customer uses those expressions. Uh, And then you make sure that that those keywords uh, are very clearly explained uh, within the main elements of the pages. Making sure, for example, that uh, you pay a lot of attention on optimizing your categories, because Products in themselves, they could change, they may go out of stock, uh, they may get out uh, of your range for some reason, but categories, they should be the main pillar around which you can get found uh, and they could drive your traffic. And also making sure that uh, you keep uh, your inventory in check. So if you have, for example, large, large inventories, uh, like for Mm -hmm. example, wires of all the meters, two meters, three meters, four meter wise, you don't need uh, to have so many different products. Otherwise you will have a lot of duplicated content, which Google does not like. So in this case, better to have product bundles with the different variations within. And in this case, it's easier for you to have strong content uh, and then people choose the variation that they like.
0: It's very interesting. I had no idea about that.
1: A final, uh, a final tip that I was uh, uh, mentioning the other day is when you are out of stock, when you're running out of stock, some of the things uh, and people just uh, completely delete the page, uh, you may consider it has taken some time for you to rank that page, that product page. Uh, If in the future, for example, you are restocking that item, uh, then it may be worth keeping the page and keeping an information or a contact detail. Uh, Leave me your email and I will let you know when the product is restocked. Uh, Or if you know, for example, when you're going to have it again, uh, you can tell them this product will come back in stock in May, for example. And you're already giving them information. And in the meantime, try to sell them something else, so related products. Uh, this product is now not available, but you may like this once, this mm-hmm. other similar elements.
0: I can tell you as well that we set up like a back-in-stock flow for um, where it's, the business is relevant. And those emails, uh, as you'd expect, I suppose, tend to perform the best out of any flow that you can set up because people have been waiting for it, so it makes sense. Let's. Uh, Pillar content. So this is something I've seen crop up quite a lot, and probably sure you have as well. What is is pillar content? What are the guidelines for creating a
1: well, pillar content uh, is has more to do with the blog section mm-hmm. that your e-commerce could have. Uh, and if you want to think visually, a visual representation of the pillar content, you can think of the maple dance. Uh, so there are all the people uh, uh, bound with this nice ribbon around one central pillar, one central pole. Uh, the same could happen with uh, articles. Uh, they are created like hubs uh, of content, yes. content hubs. Uh, they all uh, uh, kind of uh, originate around the central entity which is the cornerstone content or the basically the main uh, element uh, that you want to speak about and then the other articles can be satellites uh, like possible uses of this, uh, possible applications uh, pros and cons uh, best in class uh, when uh, it may be better to use this in a different way there are different type of applications but if you think for example of all the why for, when, if you think of something and there is a lot of ramifications around that uh, so you start from a a central, and the central pillar needs to be the strongest because also in terms of keywords uh, it is the shorter tail Uh, it is the keyword Mm -hmm. that's got the shorter uh, elements so it's the less refined Uh, so it is the one with a bigger volume uh, more people searching for that uh, but even more competitive because more people competing to try for to rank for the same and so it needs to be also longer, more explicative, more informative. The others have a longer tail in the keyword because it is main element for something. So you're already cutting some elements out of the competition and of the so the volume of search becomes uh, smaller but more refined so that's where you go laser focused into some very targeted persona and segmentation of the audience
0: this makes me realize how little i know about seo (laughs) (laughs) very very basic knowledge great stuff um yeah very educational some of the biggest myths about seo and e-commerce anything that you see pop up that you want to tackle here
1: Oh, well, there are some things there sometimes just based on the fact that uh, SEO in itself is an unregulated industry and there are different ways of doing it uh, and uh, they may not all work at the same time uh, if you're not using the holistic approach so if we want to consider a myth uh, uh, the myth is just to pretend to have uh, a side of a triangle uh, and only and considering that the triangle will be able to stand and, uh, if we consider as SEO as a triangle, it's made of meat, three main elements, which is the coding that needs to be flawless without mm-hmm. main errors uh, and issues, uh, the content and the backlinks. Uh, and you can't rely on doing SEO only by optimizing the content. So if you think that SEO will only will work if only you put keywords, mm-hmm. uh, maybe spamming keywords, uh, cramming my, keywords. Like (laughs) It's horrible because then no one will trust the page uh, if I wouldn't buy a pen from any uh, site like that because it is something that doesn't really provide any kind of uh, professional approach. Uh, It doesn't justify, same as it doesn't justify to buy backlinks uh, when you get the typical daily email that happens to escape from the spam filter telling you I will rank you on the first page of Google uh, buy my links uh, and the first thing you should do is run away because yeah. they are dangerous this type of practices they're not just old school uh, they can damage your sites rankings because so it goes may- back to,
0: sorry to sorry to interrupt you it goes back to what you were saying the very first thing is that if you focus on providing a positive user experience Rather than cheating the system, that that's yes. probably the best thing you can do.
1: That is precisely cheating the system because basically backlinks uh, they are like an endorsement in Google's eyes. So there's like the, it's like a recommendation that you get. A third-party domain linking to yours uh, mm-hmm. is like getting a recommendation uh, from somebody. The more you have, it's like a token of trust, uh, and Google will see. Oh well, they must be good. They got a lot of endorsement. Uh, if it happens naturally, organically, because you've been creating a lot of <coughs> sorry, a lot of good content, um, you've been working amazingly. Influencers are talking about <coughs> your products and they love it and they are linking. But it's not uh, again uh, a type of uh, spammy link that you're paying for uh, it can be seen uh, that it's uh, within a context uh, that's really about you and it's not just an a link. uh, It comes from a domain that's authoritative and it's not just linking out. There's a lot of practices that Google really can easily detect uh, when they're done to try and manipulate. if you're only doing for that purpose, you may get in trouble. If instead, it is a link that you earn uh, because someone is enthusiastic of your products, uh, yeah. it doesn't just help your SEO, it also helps you uh, gray, gain uh, a bigger uh, referral traffic. Uh, yeah. it, it helps you grow your audience, uh, your popularity.
0: Is there any, uh, just to talk about backlinks for a second, Is there any, uh, I know this is probably a really in-depth topic, but if you can give us a minute or two about a good backlink building strategy, is there anything that you recommend?
1: Well, it is a very long type of topic uh, because backlink building is one of the things that that can more easily get you in trouble. Mm -hmm. So once you earn your links because of your quality, then it is the best type of links in absolute so the more you invest in terms of time uh, in gaining that link uh, if you only spend your time paying with your credit card someone to create your link, uh, that's a minimal effort. Uh, if you make a survey asking people which type of experience they prefer, and you prepare an article which is an in-depth uh, uh, piece of thought uh, in which you elaborate something, so it's something that's really valuable, uh, then all links that you gain to that, uh, they are valuable because they're really earned uh, by your strengths. So. It all comes back to how much you invest, uh, not just in terms of money, but also in terms of resources and time. Uh, It's got to do with your content marketing, with your content plan, uh, because when you're doing some really good content, uh, then you naturally get links.
0: And yeah. also
1: as part of collaboration. So you may yeah. be collaborating with others, uh, and then it comes natural. For example, if you are someone uh, within the nutraceutical industry and you've got a strong expertise about supplements and you can really tell uh, how some people, how some products work, uh, and you give a piece of insight that comes from you and that links to your site. Uh, that is something that helps you because it comes from your authority. So if you know it is the E-A-T, yeah. the, the type of authority and trust uh, that you gain.
0: I want to ask, this is quite selfish because this is something that I want to know the answer to. You mentioned about clean codes being important for SEO. We're in the process of rebuilding our website. Um, it's literally ready to go to code and we're, I don't know, have you heard of Webflow?
1: Oh, not particularly. What do you mean?
0: Well, it's a, it's a new platform basically for building websites, um, mm-hmm. and it it seems to be coming up frequently against WordPress. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, it it's known for having very clean codes and being lightning fast. So it was yeah. obviously, it sounds like it'd be great for SEO. <laughs>
1: There are some very t- various type of platforms that are being launched now and used uh, as an alternative to Wordpress uh, to try and fix some of the issues that you may have with WordPress that is relying uh, strongly on plugins uh, unless you mm-hmm. really create your coding from scratch. Uh, yeah. Another that was recently mentioned is Craft, uh, which is a spin-off from WordPress. Uh, and again, is particularly used because it's clean, it's fast. Uh, you can start a with any type of platform, but then you need to be able to really work on the assets uh, and minify and cache uh, and do yeah. what is needed. Uh, in some cases, you've got limitations. On some platforms, there are some things that you can't touch.
0: So just general housekeeping as well will help with keeping things tidy, making sure, again, the user experience is good. So the next one to two years, uh, as I was mentioning to you before, I think um, things are changing with ads for party cookies. I can see a bit of a renaissance for SEO um, in e-commerce. So what's some good advice that can help people prepare for this?
1: Well, the biggest change, I think we've seen it this year, and it's been this acceleration into e-commerce, which is not surprising because everything has happened online with COVID and the pandemic. So, most of retailers have pivoted to online retail. So, this year, we've really, really seen a boom of e-commerce. And it may be some type of good practice that we can see keeping going on for a little bit. So this year there's been a lot of new e-commerce being launched uh, and sometimes being launched uh, a little bit in a hurry because they needed to be able to sell stuff straight away because for example, this Christmas was going to be a different Christmas and gifts weren't going to be sold in shops. Uh, Most of the Christmas gifts were going to be sold online so people just need it to be there just need it to be online so if there is one thing <clears throat> that we need to prepare is that the competition is uh, growing has grown uh, and will possibly become more educated because the, there have been many they've been just launching the site uh, online e-commerce online uh, quickly and fast to have something, and now they have time, uh, they can start improving this site. So maybe changing the platform or putting things uh, in a better way, having a UX analysis, fixing some of the parts of the site that don't really convert so well. So you, if you need to be able to prepare, you need to be aware of which are your competitors. So you need to be clear of who you are trying to outrank, just by Googling what you sell, what you, be found, you, you want to be found for, how you're ranking, how they are ranking, who they are, how are their pages, uh, and let's see their strengths, uh, their weaknesses, and where we position ourselves. Uh, and expect them to become better, if possible. So you need to up your game.
0: Absolutely. So just starting with the fundamentals and getting the good user experience, clean codes, um, all the basics really in place and, and take right it more key, seriously.
1: The right keywords, knowing that uh, you, yeah. you need to know the language that your prospective user uses. Uh, you need to put those words on the page. There is no hide and seek with Google. If you want to be found, uh, you need to have your those elements, those keywords on the page uh, and people need to find them and Google needs to find it.
0: Helen says this is the time to really stand out above the competitors for a world-class service. I agree. that's that's why people come to me and you Sylvia for world-class service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this has been like very very educational, honestly learned a huge amount. Um, I've worked with you before and I can you know say hands on hard you're fantastic and you know, You You really know your stuff. uh, But if anyone watching, how can they um, contact you if they're interested in working with you or just find out more about what you're doing?
1: The website is pinkseo.marketing. On LinkedIn, uh, I'm Silvia Del Corso. I'm also there. We are also there with the brand on the other platforms, Instagram and Facebook. But uh, LinkedIn is the one that we always check the most. Uh, so it's the way we, we get most of the con- connections and contacts and people just asking for questions, random questions <laughs>
0: Yeah. I'll take you on one last question, Sylvia, before I let you go. Um, is there any tools that you recommend for SEO for the keyword research? It just reminds me again, which one are you working primarily with?
1: Well, as a technical professional SEO tool, we've been working with SEMrush uh, for SM quite Rush. a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, since we were back in Italy. And it's a very in-depth uh, type of platform. It can help you with all the content assets, uh, the technical SEO. There is a lot. Uh, and once you learn how to use it, uh, it's uh, it's really a gold mine. But it's got its price. Uh, and uh, it can be difficult to use uh, if you're not uh, technical. So you may m- m- buy a Ferrari and you're not really able to, to use it, and you're paying exactly. for something that you're not really able to use it. In terms of normal keyword research, uh, if you just start uh, checking on uh, Google and what uh, Google can give you, and then there is a lot of free tools that you can find online. One that I'm particularly fond of, it's called, um, it's called the, U- oh gosh, um, no. Wait it is answer the public. And answer the public- Oh, I know. yeah. Have yeah, you
0: tried yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it. it's
1: great visual, uh, That kind yeah. of usual interface it only allows you three free searches per day, yep. but it, gives, it doesn't give you any numbers. Uh, so if you want numbers, there is, for example, Neil Patel, it, as the Uber suggests, uh, and there are some numbers on that as well. But uh, from a qualitative point of view, Uh, Answer the Public gives you all the possible applications uh, and a lot of ideas of things that you could write about. Uh, And if you write about them and you optimize them well, people can find you instead of the competitors, which which is what SEO is all about.
0: Perfect. I'm going to leave a link for anyone who's watching um, later on, on Answer the Public in the comments. Last question. What do you miss most about Italy and hate most about the UK?
1: I don't hate anything and you can believe me, I should have come here very early. I mean, I love my country, I'm fond of Italy, but uh, it's very difficult to run your own business there. Uh, we've been struggling, it's been really challenging and if we did this choice uh, much, much sooner, it would have been better for all of us. Uh, I'm yeah. really fond uh, of this place here, I've been treated, really really welcoming I and I started with no clients no friends no connections at all you met me one of the very first time so I really wiped my slate clean and I restarted networking getting my connections it's been a very welcoming place and I'm totally totally fond of
0: that's amazing but I can I can say you do miss two things the food and the weather
1: I cook my own food so I still eat Italian every day so I can tell you and the weather yeah but if you're locked down if you're locked in if you have to work all day long uh, it's better if it's raining. (laughs) Yeah
0: that's actually a good point that's why your business has went so well because you left the sun in Italy and you've moved to the UK where there's nothing to do except work all day because you can't go outside.
1: I can stay in front of a screen all day long because otherwise it's grey and raining. I
0: know. But it's even. I'll tell you what, it's even worse since I moved back. It, it is a beautiful day today. I'm just looking outside. But um, London doesn't have great weather, but it's definitely the best in the UK, especially compared to Liverpool. If you go up north, it gets greyer and wetter the, the, every mile that you travel
1: i want to go anyway i've never come out of london you can believe me five nearly five years living here and i only venture down to brighton as i learned to drive on the left side of the street Yeah, which i'm very proud of
0: you need to honestly it's um i always i always say really the uk uh, sorry london is not like the uk at all um in fact I, i don't think it's 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 definitely not a really British feeling. It's more of a uh, cosmopolitan, you know, big city. It is a big international city, but the further up north you go, I think more and more you see a, a completely different type of culture. Um, and it's, it's interesting. And, yeah, a lot of people that you meet in London just haven't been anywhere outside of London besides Brighton, <laughs> a day trip to Brighton.
1: And I don't feel too strange, even with my strong accent, uh, because it's so cosmopolitan. There are people with any type of accent, and people from coming who come from anywhere. So I feel okay. I'm I'm one of them.
0: (laughs) Sylvia, there's nothing. Listen to my accent. I'm English, and even I can't speak English. So there's there's nothing to worry about. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Thank you very much for your time. I will tag you in this, and yeah. Guys, if anyone wants to work with Sylvia, um, testimonial from me. She's fantastic to work with. Really knows the stuff, as you can see. Um, we're going to end this here. And, yeah, I will speak to you soon, Sylvia. Thank you once again for your time.
1: Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care.